0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial, Steve Peasley, President, KPP Financial. Independent Thinking, Shared Success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, June 19, 2020. We all we've all been watching the market, you know, uh, we have quadruple witching. Day to day, third Friday of every month is the options expiration date. But the third day, third Friday of the end of the quarter month, there's four options that expire, and therefore probably next week we're going to see some more volatility. It's always interesting, always something to look for. But I've been warning for pfft, a year <laughs> about increasing volatility, and this is the year we're going to see it. Uh, we're going to just see more too. Don't think it's going to stop. Well, you know, this is a call-in show. This is Invest talk It is. It is, we do our, my. I do my best. Justin does his best to answer your financial investment questions. So even if you have a strategy, we'll talk about strategy. Anything financial, we'll talk about. Since it's a call-in show, you have to call in 888 99 chart with your questions. I'm Steve Peasley, and here on Invest Talking. At my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, and shared success. Justin Klein and I are a bit different. Money managers—we're not the same as everybody. As I've been mentioned before, we we don't buy guidance, we don't buy information. We only—I'll take that back. We do buy information. We buy data, but we do our own work on that data, and we don't buy someone else's ideas of what to buy and sell. And we also buy the same things we buy for ourselves so as our clients, same price, same time. Our performance are the same. We call it parallel investing, and we continue to do it. And trust me, the SEC makes sure it makes they make sure that we do what we say. And of course, we are we are doing portfolio uh, assessments for people. We'll take a look at your portfolio. Technology makes this happen. So Justin Klein and I. No cost, no no obligation, portfolio review. What are you doing with your stocks and bonds? What do you own? Does it match up with your risk tolerance? Those kinds of things. And do you have anything in there that we really don't like? (laughs) Or are are you not properly balanced? You know, all those things we'll take a look at and help you with that. Remember, it's no cost, no obligation. You don't have to do anything. You'll be happy to look at your stock. Okay, so all you do is go to uh, send me a message, an email. If you want us to do that, go to investtalk.com, click on the contact us button. There's plenty of places there you can send me an email. Or you can call our KPP Financial Irvine office, Irvine, California. Remember, investtalk.com. My main talking point today concerns this particular story, mortgage rates. They're at record lows, right? How long will they stay there? Americans should not wait long before locking in their best rate. Don't wait too long. Getting close to, what, 3%? Will it get under 3%? Someone asked me that the other day. I said, it's possible, but trying to time it and catch that, it's going to be very, very difficult. It's really low, and you should consider using them now instead of waiting and waiting and waiting until they start moving up. Well, I guarantee you what will happen is they'll start to creep up and then there'll be a big flood of people trying to lock in the rates and they could have locked them in now. And then they're going to have trouble because everybody's going to try to do it at the same time. So that's going to be our main talking point, everybody. And of course, I got other things that I'm going to talk about. Bulls and bears and quadruple witching. What, what, What is the meaning? What does it do? Is there a... Reckoning coming for stocks. Do you think there is? The stocks, are there? Is there going to be a reckoning here? And I want to talk about an investor. It's a really sad story. A young guy, only 20 years old, who took his life because he lost so much money in the market. This is something I want to warn everybody about not to do. Don't do this. And, you know, I'm really worried that we're getting... You know, it's so easy these days to get yourself in trouble financially and and, and investing in the stock market. So easy. And the brokerage firms are not protecting your interest. You have to protect your own interest. So I want to talk about that. The market was mixed. The Dow was down $208. (laughs) I say dollars all the time. It's not. 208 points. Uh, The NASDAQ was up three points, and the S&P down 18. So basically a down market, even though the NASDAQ was up three points. Wider market, it was down. Okay, Um, if you listen to Invest Talk on a regular basis, you know that we get the calls as fast as we can. We get them all over America and sometimes all over the world. Here's a call that came in
2: earlier from San Diego.
3: Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Anthony from San
2: Diego, California, and I work here at Cisco. I called once before, and I took your advice on selling uh, most of my position here at Cisco. That's S-Y-Y, Cisco Foods, not Cisco Systems. And uh, I want to get back in, and I was wondering when a good time to get back in would be. So if you could answer my question, that'd be great. Love your show. Take care, guys. Sure.
1: sure. Thank you. Cisco Systems, S-Y-Y. Cisco Corporation is different than Cisco Systems. This is Cisco Corporation. It's the food distributor. Distributes food, food-related products to the food service industry via three hundred and thirty-two distribution centers across the United States. Very big, very stable. They're going to make two dollars and seven cents this year. After making three dollars and fifty-five cents last year, and the last year was their best year in many years. Next year, they're going to make two dollars and fifteen cents. So you can see how it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for them to get back because think about who they supply food to. Restaurant, many food service related place. Two of my favorite restaurants are out of business. They closed down from COVID, not going to reopen. So that's going to happen all over the place. So it's going to affect Cisco, uh, Cisco Food Services Corporation. They were running around 80 and $82 a share. They fell all the way down to like $30 a share. Today, they're at 54 okay? So, they're trying to make a comeback. I think they will make a comeback, but they're not cheap. No matter how you look at it, they're going to make $2.07 and it's a $54 stock, okay? That's 25, 26 PE. And their five-year average is 8 to 25. So, it's not the time, in my opinion. It's not time. It's too expensive still. Wait for another pullback. You'll probably get another pullback. It has pulled back from sixty-five down to fifty-four. But I'm thinking next week it's going to be pretty volatile. I'd at least wait another week and see how see how things flat you know play out. You know the really good price uh, for this stock is you know probably about forty-five dollars. Remember, it's fifty-four now. That's what I think. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and the official calendar start of summer is this Sunday, summer. And no doubt, people across this country are ready to celebrate. People have been pent up, and you can tell, they're starting to get anxious and want to get out there. Maybe, maybe with the warm weather, COVID will die off more, but right now, there's increasing numbers. But let's hope that the summer months will bring a, 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 at least a pause to that. But you and I both know it's going to take a while before the country resumes full economic activity. So how can you be better prepared for market volatility? That it's likely going to continue, right? That volatility is likely going to continue, and probably for a while. Months. Months. We should talk about this. And your participation is an important part of the mix here on The Best Talk. You, you drive the show. You tell me where you want to go. So we're taking your calls live, 888 99 chart.
4: You are listening to Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have recorded an all new Rapid Fire Hour. It's a free podcast download, and you'll hear answers to 30 caller questions. You can find it now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Spotify or Google Play. Search Invest Talk June Bonus Show.
1: Eight 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 ninety nine. Chart. We're gonna go talk to Greg in Jacksonville. He wants to talk about Gilead. Greg.
2: Yes. Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I thank um, you. <coughs> sold out in this stock uh, about the last uh, thirty seconds of the trading day, maybe the last minute. And I, I, something occurred, and I'm, I'm hoping you might be able to explain it to me. Um, I noticed that, you know, roughly around a little bit before 3 o'clock, there was about 6 million shares had already had traded for the day. But then in about the last 10 minutes of trading, um, between the, uh, in the last 10 minutes, almost 12 million additional shares traded. And I was trying to sell my stock, but every time I put it in, the price had jumped up another, you know, few points. So I would keep readjusting, readjusting until I saw the numbers stall. And then that's when I just put in my order and I was able to to get out at about uh, $77.50. The high was $78. um, So can you tell me about that that action toward the end of the sure. trading day today? Sure. It's not uncommon when a stock does uh,
1: very well during the day on a Friday, which this one did, right? Gilead was up, what, almost 6% today? Was that what it was? Uh, 4.6%. Yeah, it was four or 46 yeah. yeah, almost 5%. So it had a really good day. And what happens is it's a Friday. You got to remember it's Friday. It's also quadruple witching Friday. So all these options are expiring. And so all these traders are repositioning. And they and what we'll do is very often it'll drive, you'll have see a lot of flourish of trades at the very end of the day. Everybody trying to reposition for the coming their, their options, covering the calls, or whatever they want to do to reposition. And I think next it's going to flop over into next week, too. Because it's also the end of the quarter. So it's quadruple witching hour. Usually it's every third Friday of every month is double witching hour where, where, you know, have two options that expire. This is four. So that's what, that's what happened to you today. It just got, you know, everybody wanted out to take their profits and they're repositioning. It's not unusual for the quadruple witching hour for everything to be pretty volatile. Greg, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. My main talking point today concerns this story. With mortgage rates at record lows, Americans should not wait long before locking in their best rate that they can. Why? Why is that? Well, mortgage rates track the 10-year treasury, right? The 10-year treasury, all that is, try to think of it this way. All of treasury, 10-year treasury is, is our government borrowing money because we, our government spends a lot more money than they take in, than taxes. They spend way more, way, way more. Okay, our dollar, our currency, our economy, our dollar is a reserve currency of the world. Everybody likes to own our dollars. They like to own our treasures because they're safe, you know, instead of owning, you know, a currency that will not be safe. Okay, how about a Brazilian uh, peso? Uh, Even the euro, that's fairly safe. That's kind of a reserve currency too. But ours has been historically safe. So I'm I'm getting away from the point about mortgages. So mortgages track our 10-year, the yield on our 10-year treasury. And that's nothing but borrowed money by our government. The thinking is, it's at historical lows, that 10-year treasury. And our government is borrowing more and more and more money. So that the thinking is, it's really close to the bottom and it's going to start rising. And if we get more bad news about the coronavirus, that would put tend to push the 10-year treasury down. But if we get good news about the economy, that'll tend to move see, you got to realize what drives a 10-year treasury and the mortgage rate tracks it. That's what you're thinking. What will drive it up and down. Long term, Long term, we're borrowing a lot, a lot of money that will probably weaken, weaken the currency. On the next Invest talk, this analyst warns, the stock market is insanely disconnected and due for a reckoning. This view this this view believes that the market is discounting a new expansion phase of the economy while while the market recession has just begun. We'll talk about that on Monday. 888 99
4: You are listening to Invest Talk. The official start of summer is just days away. But your serious finance and investment questions can't wait. Steve Peasley is here now and he'll provide unbiased answers. But you've got to call Invest Talk. 888
0: 99 chart Hey, how's it
2: going guys? I appreciate everything that on. Man, I just started listening to y'all and I, I love it. I have a quick question on Foot Locker, thinking about investing in them. I'm a new investor, don't know too much. If you don't mind just talking a little bit about it on it, on y'all's next podcast, I would really appreciate it. Thank you guys for everything y'all doing.
3: Y'all have a good one.
1: Sure, no problem. Foot Locker, Inc. Um, operates 3,129 mall-based athletic foot apparel stores in the United States, Canada, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. I kind of like the fact that they're not necessarily going to get killed by Amazon because you got to try, you got to try on the shoes. You're going to see the shoes and, you know, feel them. And I think that, you know, specialty stores like Foot Locker probably will survive the onslaught of Amazon you know, so I, I like it that way. Now, they're only going to make 71 cents this year because of the, you know, the, the shutdown. They made almost $5 a share last year. Next year, it's going to be $3.44. So you can see that you'll, you'll, you're going to hear this more and more often about companies. They're coming back, but they won't be back the way they were, not next year. They have a great dividend yield. Dividends 5.7%. It's a $28 stock. Can they afford to pay that dividend? Yes, they can. That's only about what fifty percent or less of their earnings. Then that means we'd like to see it sixty percent or less. So they can. Very good return on equity, twenty-two percent. The stock is uh, reasonably priced. Uh, you know, at, you know. So we're talking about what based on next year's earnings of three dollars and forty-four cents, so a twenty-eight dollars stock. What, eight. So that's pretty good. The range is 4 to 20 on their And it's at 8. That's pretty good. Cash flow is 688. It's a good solid company that has peaked at 34, came down to 28. I think this is a downstroke you're going to want to buy. I can't tell you if this is the, where it stops going down. I think it would be really good if you can get in the low 20s. That would be perfect. Uh, but I like it. I think it's a good pick. Good pick. Good pick there. I, I kind of like it. Now each Friday I made time to fit in a quick look at the key benchmarks. The two year treasury is at 0.186% and the 10 years at 0.69. So the yield spread is fine, but those are very low rates. Gold popped up today. It's now at $1,683 an ounce. And you know both Justin and I feel that gold's probably going to go up. Probably. We we are, we have we're pretty heavily invested in some of our programs into gold. Oil, thirty nine dollars a barrel. Remember it got down to a negative? Remember that? Hmm. Negative dollars per barrel? Less than zero? Gasoline on national average, two dollars eleven cents a gallon. In California is three oh three. We're always about a dollar or higher than the national average. The lowest is of course Per gallon is a dollar eighty-five, and this time it's in Missouri. It's always in the Midwest. Never on the coast, always in the Midwest. Now, if we move quickly, I can fit another call or question for Invest Talk Voice Bank
2: 888-99 chart. Hey there, guys. Connor here from Oklahoma. I uh, really love the show. You guys have done a lot for me, and I appreciate it for everything that you do. I had a question about ticker symbol S. QQQ. Q, Q. again, that's SQQQ. I know you guys have talked about maybe shorting the market or the market kind of doing a pretty big pullback you know, sometime in June, so I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that uh, a little more in detail. Thanks for everything that you do. Love the show. Thanks. Bye.
1: Now I wouldn't do it. Uh, I don't like the leverage, ETS. This is an exchange-traded fund corresponding to three times, 300% of the inverse of the data performance, of the Nasdaq 100, the reason why I don't like it. Take a look at a chart. Now this went from nine, uh, what from sixteen dollars at a low when the market started a full fall and went to thirty two dollars. Okay, so it, um, uh, it, it doubled. Okay, it doubled. Then from thirty two it fell all the way down to eight. Did the did the market move? Think how big of a move that is. What if you're wrong? See, I, I don't like it because the first of all, it, the, it, there's tracking errors. They don't do exactly what they say they do. And it's too, uh, it's you, you don't understand. I don't understand. Very few people understand how they achieve that leverage. They have counter signature agreements. They have contracts with other parties. They don't own any stocks or short any stock. That's not how it works. They're agreements between counterparties. And I don't. What if the counterparty? Who is the counterparty? We don't know. What if they go under? What if they can't perform like they say they're supposed to? Yeah, these. these there's too many unknowns. That's why I don't like these double and triple leverage ETFs. I just don't. I just don't like them. Okay. Anyways, uh, okay. You heard me say a thousand times. No one can time the market, right? But are there? Market patterns that might be apparent by looking at historical trends, perhaps. But seasonal patterns, for example, while interesting, are a guarantee of nothing. You can't guarantee, but there are seasonal patterns. There are historical trends. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Which month of the year, on average, typically shows the poorest performance for the stock market? The three leading indexes, at least. Which month? performance. I'll have the answer after the break, but now we are taking your questions of financial, anything, anything financial, any questions, live, 888-99-CHART.
5: Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you listen and think in your new language rosetta stone is an amazing value so your special skill set is within easy reach you know you want to do this so don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time invest Talk listeners can get rosetta stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off visit rosettastone.com today Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at hackerone.com. That's H A C K E R O N E.com. HackerOne.com.
4: You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday. The weekend is almost here, and Steve Peasley is on duty now, taking your finance and investment questions live. Call Talk 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. I did ask a trivia question, as I do every day. Which month of the year, on average, typically shows the poorest performance for the stock market in the three leading indexes? Okay, one of the historical realities of the stock market is that it typically has performed poorest during the poorest during the month of September. Okay, that's when they usually, the indexes usually disappoint. Now, that doesn't mean it always goes down. I'm not saying that. Uh, And it always goes up either. I'm saying if you look at a year, September usually is the poorest performer overall going back for many decades. So each year the stock market tends to repeat certain seasonal trends. Now these seasonal trends affect individual stocks and the stock market as a whole. When investors have a pretty if you have a good understanding of these trends. Do you know what the seasonal trends are by the way? Maybe you don't. If you just if you do have that and if you might gain a small advantage. But don't think it's going to be a big advantage. I can give you a you know a, a a pretty big background view. The last three months of the year and the first three months of the year are usually better than the middle six months of the year. How's that? Turning point is very often in October, so December's bad. October's usually bottoms, and then comes roaring back, but not always just commonly. So these are kind of some of the seasonal trends. Remember, there's always a possibility that individual stocks outperform or underperform dramatically to the overall market. So, you know, it always comes down to your stock picking eventually. Okay, it is busy Friday. I will be sharing my KPP premium newsletter highlights in a few minutes, but now let's grab another question from 888-99-CHART.
3: Hello, Stephen Justin. My name is Matthew, and I'm from Boise, Idaho. Uh, my question is about Stock Symbol NVDA, NVIDIA Corporation. It's a technology company, and they're known mostly
5: for their graphics and processing units. I like this company for long-term hold. Um, I was thinking at least one to two years or possibly longer. Its cash and short-term investments as of May 26th was a little over 16000 and total
3: liabilities were a little over 10000 and it beat be earnings by 6.39%, and it's expected to make a 97 next earnings. So when do you guys think it might be a good buying point for this stock, or even maybe not at all? Um, what's some of the other things I should be focusing on when looking at a balance sheet as well? All right, thank you, guys. I appreciate the show. Bye.
1: Well, you didn't mention return on equity, uh, which is 33%. Profit margins, are they rising or shrinking? Uh, you didn't mention those. Um, and you really got to look at the competitors. Now, you mentioned all the good numbers, and there are a lot of good numbers. And because there are a lot of good numbers, this stock is now at a 52-week high. It's $370 a share. During the COVID virus bottom, it was 190 Before that, it started at 324 So you look at $370 a share, and you got to say, okay, is that a good price? They're going to make $9.90 next year. So let's just call it $10. If it's $10, that's a 37 P.E. range. Based on last year's, it's a 55 P.E. range. Is 37 good? Is it expensive? Well, the average for the overall market is around 15, long-term average. The average for this stock is between 13 and 58. So 37 P.E. is a little on the higher side. So personally, I wouldn't buy it at this new 52-week high. I'd wait for a pretty strong buyback, I mean pullback, and I would wait for it to go down to the low 300s, maybe 310, 320. That's where I would be uh, much more interested in this stock. At this at this price, I, I, I'm just not. Nah, it's too expensive, too high, too high a price. Okay? That's my opinion okay with this economy starting to uh, reopen you know I talk about that in our the, uh, the KPP premium newsletter and the economic numbers are beginning to start show improvement now I send out this KPP premium newsletter every Friday every Friday to all the clients and anybody who subscribes as a client you get it for free. So I'm saying in the market conditions section that the economy is reopening the numbers are beginning to improve. But it's a long way to go, and no one is sure how long and what path the recovery will take. But everyone seems to agree that the U.S. will recover. But my belief, as I point out in the newsletter, the first section, is that it is going to take going to be slower than most pundits and market watchers have predicted. I'm not talking about a year. I'm talking about two years, maybe longer. Retail sales were made, jumped up by a huge amount. Huge. It was a very big surprise, 17.7%. And it was a big bright spot. And the housing market had a bright spot, too, and that was the anticipated uh, um, um, uh, permits. Permits were a huge jump. Okay, so, one, you, know, so you know, there was pretty good news, uh, you know, that we saw out this week. Jobless claims last, last yesterday, though, weren't that great. It did improve, but not by much. So... Now, under the portfolio management section, um, I pointed out that many of individuals have, re- have put retirement on hold because they fear that they will not earn enough money in the later years of their life. Unfortunately, times are much different than they were 10, 20 years ago when retirees could invest the bulk of their money in safe, fixed income. Maybe they could earn up to 7% on safe income 20 years ago, not today. So today, you kind of as you approach retirement, you kind safety is you might get three percent if you invest something real safe. We're talking about treasury bonds or you know very healthy uh, municipal bonds, you know strong. They don't have that. You don't have that option this time. That's why you're seeing a lot of retirees being pushed into the stock market, taking more risk than they really should or really want to. So it's going to become more important for you to diversify and really understand what kind of what what kind of assets you have and where they are. Anyways, I go much deeper in the in the premium newsletter than this, obviously. Stock ideas, I said uh, might be wise to activate some defensive positions. And I looked at an ETF that tracks the price of gold. You know, I've recommended those before, but I just think it's time to be defensive a little bit. We've had a pretty really good run-up in the market. Most of that run-up has been by, uh, you know, new investors coming in. And generally speaking, that when new investors are really excited about the market, it's time to move to go the other way. But we, you, know, you just never know when. That timing is impossible. You can't time the market. You just never know when. Anyways, in the Consumer Watch, I looked at summer travel. This is the second week in a row I've talked about it, but something different. What are you going to do with the summer getaway? You know, with the COVID-19 still spreading, America beginning to reopen, the question of vacation destination comes into mind. So where can you go? Where to go? I thought a driving vacation is probably the best, to some national parks. I think that's a good idea. You know, they, there's limited, they have limited um, uh Occupation of those things. You can't just drive in. You got to reserve some spot. You know, America was founded two hundred forty-four years ago, and some of those early towns still exist. How about going going on a little history drive? There's lots of history, especially in the Northeast. My favorite town, by the way, is Boston. It's not a town; it's a city now. But they had, they preserved a lot of the uh, a lot of history in Boston. I really like that part. But you know. You do realize in New Jersey and there's uh, New Jersey is a really great. It's called the Garden State for a reason. It's very pretty, and George Washington crisscrossed in Jersey during the Revolution War. There's a lot of things to see in New Jersey where and there's a lot of inns that still exist that George Washington slept here. It's Just kind of fun to look at these places. Kind of interesting, anyways. That's maybe a maybe that's a good uh, vacation idea. So if you ever want to buy the KPP Premium Newsletter, go to InvestTalk.com. It's available there. It's easy to subscribe to it, everybody, and you'll get it every Friday in your email box. Okay, every Friday. Okay, um, let's talk to Jamie and Palo Alto. How you doing, Jamie? I'm
2: doing good. Thank you for taking my call. As always. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, just uh, I have a question about uh, VOO, okay. is an ETF that tracks think the 500. Yes. And I was thinking to see if you could give, you know, give me a, 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 a price point where I could get in.
1: Okay. Okay, so VOO, Victor's OO Vanguard S P 500 ETF. So, it's an ETF tra- seeking performance corresponding to the S&P, the Standard & Poor's 500 Index. So, it tracks the index, which is great. So, you know exactly what how it's going to move by watching the index because that's what should track exactly. Okay, good buy point. The first buy point I see is about $275. Right now, it's at $284 a share. Why? Because that's the 200-day moving average. It bounced and hit that, bounced up. That's your first pretty strong support area. 270 to 275, right in that area. The next support down is probably about, oh, I'm going to say around 250. And then below that's 240. So it's pretty consistent. Um, that's where your supports. I think I would wait. Uh, at least till next week, because I think it's going to be pretty volatile. Excuse me. Pretty volatile. And I think 275, you could put on a small position at their point. If it keeps going down, you add for it when it gets to about, oh, 255, 260. That's what I would do. Jamie, thanks for the call. V O O, everybody. The SP 500 ETF. Let's go to Sherry. She's in San Francisco. She wants to talk about Microsoft.
3: Um, uh, hey. Um, This is Suresh. I wanted to ask you a quick question on Microsoft. Um, I've been looking at the stock for a while now and I've been tracking all the news, everything, and it looks like it is going to benefit from this whole working from home situation that we are all in. Um, And uh, I was was tracking it and it looks like it's it's about to, you know, go above $200. It's been kind of, you know, uh, trading in that range. 195, 194 to, you know, uh, 189 today. I think the government went back uh, down to um, 195 again. That's where it closed. And the earnings are, I think, set for mid-July sometime. And uh, I'm of the opinion that it's going to, you know, um, you know, I mean, uh, they'll report a great quarter and uh, the stock probably will never see below $200 uh, in the near term. So I'd I'd like to get your point of view on that. Do you think it's a good time to get into this stock for long term? I'm looking at like, you know, uh, three, four, five years. Um, time horizon for this investment is going to be a pretty big chunk of money that I'm going to put in, so I'm looking for some advice from you.
1: Okay, uh, if it, if you're talking about five years investment, you could buy it today and you'll be fine. But I think you would, could buy it at a better price. I think it's right near 52 week highs. I think it's going to hesitate up here, and it might pull back. It's at 195. dollars This is Microsoft, everybody. MSFT. Um, I think it might pull back to the $185 area. I think that's a much better place below uh, the mid-180s. And I think it, you'll, you will get that pullback into that area. And I would be a definite buyer then. We own Microsoft and uh, a small portion of Microsoft and some of our managed accounts. And they, they're, they're one of the reasons they're doing well. He, uh, you know, uh, Sherish pointed out and he's right. That you know, staying at home, working from home, will benefit them because they are they have been pushing in the cloud computing for some time now, and it's becoming a major part of their business. So, and then, of course they have the software as well. So I, I kind I like it. I want to actually would buy more, but I need it to give me a pullback before I do it too. But I just think it. I think uh, if the market gives back some of its recent gains and it would seem logical as we move into summer which is not the best time of the year uh that it would normally um, there's that old say go away in may and it didn't happen this year because the market kept rallying through may and june but maybe it's just delayed a couple months go away may refers to that the soft part coming up in the summer the soft part of the market and it is true so I don't think I'd be a big rush, and wait. I'd wait for your buy points. Maybe you'll miss them. You know, maybe you will, but I still think it's wiser to wait for a bit pullback. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, uh, Bulls, Bears, and a Quadruple Witching, which was today. What happens? Every third Friday, every quarter, The quadruple witching, it's referring to the expiration of single stock options, single stock futures, and stock index options and futures. Usually on every Friday, it's just the single stock options and single stock futures. But the stock index options and futures are quarterly. They end quarterly. So that's why it's quadruple. Okay. And that's why it makes for a more volatile market. Usually the day of and the following week, people, investors start to reposition in other futures and options. So it just tends to make it more, a little bit more volatile. Now, whenever you hear the word volatile, you shouldn't necessarily assume it's always negative volatility, going down. That's not true. Volatile means just up and down and up and down, and it can really throw you off because some of those moves can be very very large that's volatility this is invest talk i'm steve peasley and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom and our work will continue after this break this is the last part of the show time to get those questions in 888-99-CHART
4: Next, Invest Talk An analyst warning says the stock market is insanely disconnected and due for a reckoning. Why? And could he be right? That story Monday. And now, Steve Feasley is here and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888
3: 99 Chart. Hey, guys first year i was just calling because you know first of all thanks a lot for all the podcasts i listen to you guys every day my big question for today was what do you guys think about facebook i'm somewhat new to investing you know i see i see numbers going up but you know i've been liking it i just want to see what did you guys what do you guys think about facebook I, it went down recently uh it's working it's way back up well, how do you guys see it long term how do you guys see it immediate I just want to see what you think thanks guys
1: I think it's a it's, it's, it's had a very good run. I think it's overpriced. I think you got to wait for a pullback. Uh, many of the stocks have done this. It's uh, right near its 52-week high. It's been there twice before in the last month and a half, two months. And each time it's fallen back down. Not a lot. And the top is, what, 238? And the fall is going down to 225. Facebook, it's a great platform enabling members to stay connected with friends and family, You know, frankly, I don't like the business model because they have to push things to people, advertise it to them that are not interested. I, I like Google's much better because when you do a search, you know, you're looking for stuff that they get to push to you. You're looking for it. Facebook is not. They kind of get in your way. But that's not hurting their earnings any. They're still earning quite a bit of money nine nine dollars and seventy cents next year, seven dollars and thirty two cents this year, six dollars and forty three cents last year. So it's been going up and up and up. Sales are still increasing eighteen percent last quarter, twenty five percent the quarter before that, twenty nine percent that. It's a five hundred no six hundred and eighty billion dollar company. So uh, it's it's pretty expensive okay it's right you know I'm, I'm just saying that this is an expensive stock we're going into some of the worst months of the year for the market it has had a great run don't chase stocks wait till it pulls back i would love to see you buy it 215 maybe 220 somewhere in that range that's a much better place to buy it it should pull back there. it could pull back all the way to 200 but that would I would be surprised if it does. But I think it's going to pull back. So wait, just be patient. Facebook, FB is the symbol, everybody. Okay, I don't want to end the week on this sour note, but it is kind of depressing. There was a rookie investor who lost $700,000 in his Robinhood account. Think about that. He didn't have that much money. How did he lose $700,000? Well, he also committed suicide because of this. He did it through options and margin. Okay, you guys out there who are just getting into this business, you should not be messing around with options or be on margin, meaning you don't borrow money to buy stocks. You don't use options. You buy companies with the money you have. If you only have a little bit of money. That's all the money you're going to spend. Don't get involved. This is not a get-rich-quick vehicle. There is no get-rich-quick, none. Try to learn that. You can get rich slow, but there's no get-rich-quick. Do not borrow money. Do not even have a margin account. You don't need a margin account. You want a cash account in your Robin account. That way you can't spend more than what you have. Why would a broker lend a young person like this money? Because they're greedy. They shouldn't. They're greedy. You When you go on margin, you know you're borrowing the money from the broker. And the broker feels confident because he knows you have positions that they could take. If you get upside down, you could lose all your money. Obviously, you could lose a lot more than your own money. So please, please, please be careful out there. Be careful. You know, options and margin, You those are only for the professionals who have been around many years. And understand what they're getting into and how how impactful. Even those guys lose money; some some big time. There's just no reason to do it. It's, life is too short. Everybody to take those kind of risks. I'm Steve Peasley. Thank you for listening. Justin Klein will be here on Monday. I will return next week as usual. And please tell your friends we have posted a new June bonus show. Justin and I answered 30 caller questions at a pretty fast pace. It can be downloaded now for free at investtalk.com. You can do it through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Just so Go there, please. Take a listen. Good night, everybody. Have a great weekend.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.